Good morning, church. How are we all doing? Good, good. Everybody eat enough? Have enough basole, tamales, and everything else we do in Christmas time? Come on, somebody. This is so good. But Good morning. If you don't know who I am, my name is Kirk Olmos. I'm assistant pastor here at Generation Church with my beautiful wife, Angel. I get the honor of sharing the word this morning with y'all. So, hope y'all ready. All right. So, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer, and then we're going to open our Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for what you're doing, for who you are in my life and in the life of others here, Father. Lord, as we surrender this morning to you and open our hearts and minds and everything to you, Father, we just pray that your word will just penetrate where it needs to go, Lord. Let us chew on this word and, and basically, Father, let's just, just evaluate ourselves and our life, what we're doing for you and how we're doing it. And Lord, thank you so much for the blessing of life and just waking us up this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today's lesson... We're at the Expecting series, which is very cool, but today's lesson is, title is, Am I a Good Neighbor? Am I a Good Neighbor? Hence the video. Very good. I know you guys were singing along. Good job, guys. Good job. So it's really good. But I also want to reference, before I get started, the 120 experience starting in January. Come on, somebody. When, when you come to this 120 experience, it's all seatbelts off. You just go and you're just in the presence of God, loving God prophecy, everything's so good, just happening. So if you come expecting, God will deliver. Amen? Come on. All right, so we're going to start in uh, Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. Um, here we go, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, well, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? What is your translation? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered rightly, so do this and you will live. But him, he wanting to justify himself, hmm, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road and when they saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him, bandaged up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he sent him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took, the, took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he, he who showed mercy to him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Man, what a great story. What a great story. I want to make a couple points today. Give me 10 minutes of your time. And we're going to have a nice little message about being a good neighbor. Okay? First of all, we want to make sure that we understand what's going on here. A guy comes down. He's going to Jericho with money. He's all set. They jump him. They beat him up and say, jump. Okay, we can say jump in church. They jumped him in, took his stuff, left him half dead, right? So now, stop. So now he, <laughs> he's sitting there laying. So first guy that comes by him is a, is a priest. Now, what was a priest? A priest in that day was somebody who sacrificed. I know kids are in here. So let's say he put animals to sleep. Okay? And so when it comes to that aspect, and I was thinking about it, a priest, when you say, okay, he put the animals to sleep. You, can you understand how repetitious that would be? 
How much of a routine you would get into by just doing the same thing over and over and over again. Have you ever been in the mountains and you're hiking, you always notice there's a nice trail that you can do. And we call it hiking, but we just follow the trail and, and see where it ends up. Well, there's somebody who's been going through that routine all the time making that trail for us, right? So if you, if you get into a routine, sometimes we miss out everything else around us. If you get in a routine, I could walk back and forth along this stage and make a nice little rut to where I would never come out of it, but I would just continue to walk back and forth. So the first point I like to make is a good neighbor is intentional. A good neighbor is intentional, meaning what? I have a routine, man. I get up at 4 o'clock every morning. I'm out of the house by 4.30, 4.40. I drive to work. I get there by about 5.15, 5.20. I do a little bit of reading, do a little bit of Instagram scrolling, you know, pop up in a Pokemon app, see what's around me, you know, do all that stuff. And then I go inside and make coffee, and I don't start till 6 o'clock, but I like to have that time just to, just to do, do that. But you know what? I, I started laughing when I, was, when I was studying this because I'm in a routine, I know the streets I take, I don't take any different streets. I take the same freeway, same exact way, same off-ramp, go up the same street, turn on the same street to my work. And you know what? I'm never looking for anything else that God might be directing me. Hey, there's a car stalled on the side. Why don't you pull over and see how they're doing? God, God, when you go on a routine, even in the morning for the kids, you get up in the morning, you wake up the kids, hey, time to go to school. And, you know, kids are, are fun waking up, right? Kids are, I mean... Yeah, it's the time where you have to pray before you wake up your kids because you're like, okay, you know, let's just do this. But the kids, I mean, if the kids were intentional, and kids, I want you to listen to this. If you're intentional, you get up and you wake up and you go, oh, good morning, mommy, how are you? Good morning, daddy, how are you? Man, that just sets the tone. You don't sit there and go, get away from me, five more minutes. Where's my pancakes? Right? And us as parents, we're like, okay, let's get them going, and we go through the same routine. Us, you know, if, you, if other things, mom's taking the kids to school, go the same route. Sometimes we don't have it, we make enough intentions to just do what we want to do in our time. And so Philippians 2, 2.21, this is what it says in Philippians 2.21. Bam! For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Now what does that mean? A different translation say, everybody's too busy about doing their own thing and not worrying about what Jesus wants them to do. And that's what we do. We get in routines, we get in ruts. And so this, this, this priest was walking by him, and I can already picture in his mind, he's like, man, I got to get to the temple. I got to go sacrifice. I mean, go put that animal to sleep. And so he's walking, and he sees a guy. He's like, oh, okay. You know, sometimes we get so cold to what we do that we just bypass everything. And we just kind of, we put on the blinders. You know, racehorses have blinders so they can run a good race. Well, you know what? We need to take off our blinders to run a good race. Let's be intentional about being a good neighbor. The second was a, was a Levite. It said he arrived and he saw him and he passed by him. Now the Levite, man, not, not wearing Levi's, Levite. I'm sorry, I got a speech impediment. Levite. He comes in and what is a Levite? He was one who would clean the temple. He would go in and he would clean everything, make sure everything's nice. So now you can understand he's walking by him. He looks at that guy. He's all bloody. He's all hurt and messed up. Oh, man, he's dirty. I ain't even going to go by him, right? Sometimes we get to that point where, you know, religiously wise, sometimes we think that we're set. And if we see somebody on the side, oh, he's got tattoos. Oh, she's got blue hair. Oh, she's got, oh, something must be wrong. I can't talk to them because they don't know the Lord. You never know that. You never know that. We can't be that way. So our second point, a good neighbor is reachable, is reachable. 
Now, if you have a problem with your, with your neighbor kids at, around your house, they're always running on your yard. I mean, I was one of those kids. Tape ball was a thing, man. You play tape ball, you play football, it didn't matter. But we'd always launch the tape balls into the neighbor's yard. And back then, we could jump fences and not get in trouble for it, right? We could run across grass and not get in trouble for it. But, you know, there's times where we see kids and, you know, they're talking and they walk in their yard. You're like, hey, get out of my yard. Hey, just watered it. Just planted seed. Get out of my yard. Right? Now, you become the grumpy person of the neighborhood. Right? Now, now intentionally, what you did was you shown, you know, you might put up the Christian flag in front of your house, but what they see by your actions is that you're not too Christian-y. So what could you do? Man? You'd be reachable. You see kids out playing in the front yard? Kids love money. Come on, let's be real. Kids love money. I mean, I used to pull, pull weeds for grandma when she had me, you know, she had me over. I'll give you some money. Yeah. So, you, you know, see the kids out there playing. Hey, you know, if you have a yard that needs to be cleaned up, hey, I'll give you 50 cents. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll give you like 15 bucks to, to, you know, weed my yard. Oh, man, they'll do it. And it's a blessing if they're outside. In all reality. You know, so be reachable. Be that person you can talk to. Be if you see a homeless person, you know, I could reference them. We have a lot of homeless people in Marina Valley. And if you just walk up to them, talk to them. You know, it's not necessarily throwing a dollar at their feet. Just say, how you doing? Because sometimes we can act like we have it all together, like we're too clean. Because sometimes we forget where we came from. Right. I mean, every, you know, God's word says we are a masterpiece, a work of art. But, you know, you look at a Picasso work of art, and you're like, dang, bro, what were you thinking? Right? You got head over here, eye over here, nose over here, and like, it's a Picasso. It's a masterpiece. And that's what we were before. Right? Come on. Y'all feeling me? And so what's that, what's that all about? We've got to be reachable. We've got to be able to go and remember, say, hey, that person is down and out. Why can't I not buy them a cup of coffee? Why can't I not? You know, if a guy says, hey, you know, I have had people come up to me, hey, you know, you got a dollar, get some drink. What do you want to drink? Um, a coffee. What size? You want the big one? I'll get you the big one. And I'll go in and I'll come out with a, with a little, you know, honey bun too. And just like, here you go, you know, God bless you. You know? Because why? Because I realized that when, in my life when I was down and out, nobody knew. And I was looking for somebody to love me. Not my family. Because we know our family is there and we're like, okay, they're, they're cool and everything. But when an outsider loves you and does something for you and doesn't expect anything back, you're like, wow, wait a minute. What's that about? Why, why, why would they do that? Why, what, what do you want? Man, I just want to bless you. No, what do you want? Because that ain't, that ain't normal. That ain't what normal people do. Right? But God says, you know what? You be reachable. You step out and you talk to people. You love on people. And because he was a clean guy, he was like, you know, a white glove. I could picture the Levi walk around with a white glove going, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, this and that. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to help that guy out. And now here comes the Samaritan. Man, the Samaritan, he was talked down about. Samaritan were like basically the scum of the world. Basically, nobody wanted to help a Samaritan. And here this guy comes. He's like, you know what? I see somebody down and out. And he didn't walk up to him and say, you know what? I'm a Samaritan. Can I help you? He just walked up and started helping him. Can I tell you something? That the world will sometimes talk down to you about who you are and what you are. And the only time that it will get to you is if you allow it to. See, nobody can bring you down without your permission. Get that. Nobody can bring you down or put you down without your permission. They can talk to you, talk mess to you all they want. But until, if you receive it, then yeah, now you, now you let them in. 
Why is that so, so important? Because you've got to understand that God has a big purpose and call for you. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 talks about we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, priesthood, God's holy people. He calls us children of God. He calls us ambassadors of God. And he says, this is who you are in me. But sometimes we'd rather listen to what everybody else is saying. No, we've all, not all had the great upbringing. We might not have all the, you know, oh, man, I had a mom and dad at home and this and that. And it's like, man, that's awesome. Good for you. Awesome. But over half of us maybe not have had, maybe brought up in a one-parent one, one family where you saw the struggles, where you felt like there was nothing there for you. Like you always question as a young person, you know, what am I here for? And it's true. And it's true. And if you let the enemy continue to battle down on you, use people to talk down to you and say, you can't do this, then you won't. You will say, I, I, I can't, I won't, I won't do that. And can I tell you, just by doing that, by reaching out, Pastor Jay, Pastor Carlos here, Generation Church, we have an outreach ministry that allows us to go out and help these people. And sometimes you say, no, I can't do that. Well, you group, you link arms with somebody else and you say, we're going to do it together. Because this isn't an alone thing. We're a church of God. We're a family of God. And we've got to continue to grow with each other and build each other up. And that's the, big, that's the big thing, guys. You know, a lot of times hurts, past hurts. And sometimes we, in our reality, we start praying to God. God, I, I want to do more for you. God, I want to do this and I want to do that. And we get all hyped up. God, everything's so good. And then we kind of feel like, ah, oh, you know, like our prayers hit the ceiling and come back down. We're like, oh, man. Yeah, they said I would never amount to anything. Boom, right there. You're starting to uproot things that God spoke or that people have spoken over you. God would not speak that over you. People spoke over you. You're a mistake. I don't see why you why even around here. You start uprooting that. You say, God, heal that in my life. God, I need you to do that, Lord, that I can love the people like you want me to love them. Because in all reality, I don't know about you, but I can ask all of you, older people, Maybe some younger people will say, okay, who was the first person that broke your heart? Say, what do you mean? Elementary school, first grade. There was a girl, there was a guy. He was cute. She was, she was cute. And you're like, hey, you want to come to my house and play? And she's like, no. You're like, oh, loser. You know, right away you're walking back, oh, man, nobody likes me. Really? We start throwing the nobody out there. And we, one person said, no, I'm going to hang out with you. Right? And I can ask you that because some of you are like thinking, oh, yeah, that's her name. Yeah, I remember her. I remember him. Right? And so we can't allow that thing to come up and fester up. We've got to get rid of things. We've got to say, God, just take it away. Just say, even you say, now you're going too far back. Praise God. Because I want to start at the beginning. I want you to realize that as we come to God, God cleans everything else. Yes, we are new creations in God. He makes everything brand new, but we are the ones that choose to hold on to the old things. We're the ones that say, you know, okay, God, I was hurt when I was 15. I was rejected when I was this old. God says, I know. And you made it through that. Praise, praise God, you made it through that. So lift your voice and say, God, I forgive that person for hurting me. God, I forgive that person for talking negative to me. God, I forgive them. And now that freedom comes upon your life and the shackles fall off. And you're like, man, okay. No matter what anybody else spoke about me, whatever they said about me, it's not true, God, because I know who I am in you. Right? Come on, people. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. So he comes in and he picks up the guy. He bandages him up. Puts some oil on him, which was expensive back then. Puts him on his animal and goes to the inn. 
puts him in the inn, gives him the innkeeper some money, and says, you know what, take care of him. Take care of him for me. When I come back, if I owe anything else, I'll pay, pay for it. So the, another point I like to make is, first point, you'd be intentional. Second point, you'd be reachable. My third point should have been, which I over-talked, was humble. Be humble. It happens. And the last point I'd like to make is I want you to be a person of your word. Whatever you say, whatever comes out of your mouth, the promises you make, the things that you do, keep them. There's no, no stronger bond between family, no stronger bond between friends than to know that if somebody says, I'll be there for you, they will be there for you. And we tend to, to water that down because I don't know how many of you have ever been invited to a birthday party. You say, you know, they give you the invitation. Here, having a birthday. I'm there, man. I'm there. You didn't even look at what date it was. I'm there. I'm there. I'll be there early. Help you set up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there early. I'm there. Spend night at your house, too, so we can set up. Right? You're just like saying all these things. People are like, oh, cool, right? Okay, I got a dependable person. Then all of a sudden that day comes and not answering the text messages, not answering the phone. Oh, my phone died. Okay. Okay. Why? Because you gave your word, but then for some reason something came up and you had to break your word. Can I tell you, parents, that's one of the most hurtful things for a child is to promise them something. Hey, we're going to go ice skating. Hey, we're going to go to the snow. Anybody been to the snow this, this season? Man, like six of you. Praise God. <laughs> but you promise them, yeah, we'll go. But something comes up. Hey, you know, got this to go to. Got this to do. And sometimes we've got to make a priority. Be a man of, man of our word or woman of our word. A child of our word. Be our, make it our priority and go, you know what? I told my son, I told my daughter we would do this. I told my husband, I told my wife I would do this. And I'm keeping my word. So we got to remember that when it comes to being a good neighbor. Neighbors, not only the person next door, it's the person sleeping next to you. It's the person down the hall. It's the person you say, hey, good morning to every day. So when it comes to a point where you say, God, you know, what do you want to do today? Let's go to the movies. We're going to the movies. We're going to the movies. We're going to see Star Wars for the sixth time. We're just going to go and gorge on popcorn and ices. Come on, because I'm done with tamales, right? You're just on ices and popcorn. That's it. That's all we want. That's all we want. But then the phone rings. You're like, hey, you know, hey, we got something going on. We're going to play football. We're going to go, you know, we're going to go do this. We're going to do that. You're like, ah, oh, how can I don't feel good? Oh, oh, my stomach hurts. No, 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 go ahead. I'll, 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 next time, next time. And see, what we do now is we teach everybody else around us who heard our word a promise that's okay to deceive as well it's okay to, to act like it's no big deal can I tell you coloring with your kids is a big deal can I tell you that going out to dinner with your wife just you and her not the kids leave the kids at home you know give them a pizza and a movie and go and then you and mama your dad go out you know you guys go out and just love on each other and talk that's okay. That is okay, and that's what you need to do. But I, I want you to make a promise to me. This year, 2020 comes up. 
I want you to get on your calendar. For all you who are married people, get on your calendar. Sit down today, this week, if you have this week off. Put, down the, put on the calendar some dates where you're going to take your wife out or take your husband out. Make it a, this is our day. This is our day. No matter what's going on, Super Bowl, I don't care. No, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Look at y'all. You got to go, what? What? You guys are getting ready to shout me down. You're like, no way, bro. Wait, wait, wait. Y'all wrong. <laughs> but it's okay to set up plans. It's okay to make a, make a deal with your kids and say, you know what, we're going to go to the movies this day or we're going to go out and do this this day or we're going to just go get a candy bar. It doesn't have to be, a, I mean, we went to the movies the other day, 80 bucks for me and my wife. No, I'm just kidding. It was, it was, it was all the kids. It was all the kids. It was, and I'm like, what? What happened? I mean, I mean, they should at least give you like a punch card so you get like a free popcorn or something when you, I mean, hey, I, I got 10 of these things. Give me 10 popcorns or something, right? I mean, help a brother out. I was like, what happened? But man, you know, but it was a great time as family. And I, I really appreciate my wife. I'm not a family person. I was, okay, forgive me. I wasn't a family person. Because before I'd rather stay home and just turn on the TV and do nothing. I would work around the house. You know, we got a birthday party to go to, whatever. No, go ahead. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tinker around. And my wife would sit there and tell me, you know, family's important. Now, growing up in my, my neck of the woods, Ontario, California. Anybody here from Ontario, California? Okay. I'm gonna, oh, you already? All right. I'm going to lock my car. I'm just kidding. I'm, I was from, <laughs> no, I was there. I was from there. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was from Ontario. I'm from Ontario, California. But, uh. But, you know, just being out, out that way and, and being raised in, in a family where, you know, grandma was the pillar and she had everybody would come over and we'd have a good time. But when grandma passed away, we all split. And I was talking to my dad the other day. I said, you know what, dad, I've not seen my, my aunt since I was 19 and I just turned 49. And they're like, wow, that's terrible. And I, of course, I'm studying this while I'm talking to dad. You know, I'm studying, having in my mind, I'm like, man, what kind of neighbor am I to my family? You know, I haven't seen my uncle. I actually stopped, stopped by, popped up, hit my uncle up, just drove up to his house one day, stopped in, called him, and then stopped, and he didn't recognize me until his son came out and goes, hey, Kirky, and they called me Kirky because I was small at one point. At one point, I was small, and um, now I'm Kirk, okay? <laughs> but you got to understand is uh, when that happened, you know, I thought about it as like as a family you know, I come from a line of, my dad was an alcoholic. My mom worked all the time. I lived with my dad. I was from a broken family. And so when I saw my dad, when he got days off, he would just drink and work on the cars. He would drink and work on the cars. And I was like, okay, that's what family does. So I sat inside and watched TV all the time. So when it comes to family and being a good neighbor, I realized that at a young age that I was so just whatever I want to do, you know, have a sandwich, watch TV, have another sandwich, watch TV, have another sandwich, watch TV, and you keep doing that. And then I married my beautiful wife, and she says, family's important. Let's go see my mom. I'm like, I don't want to go see your mom. <laughs> right? I'm just being honest. I mean, I can be transparent with you because I got the mic, and you don't. So. <laughs> and so and now it's like, okay, now I see the importance. Her mom is a great lady of God. She, her faith is incredible. Her faith, I said. Yeah. You're all face? Did he say face? <laughs> it's 
stop it. See, Pastor Leahy calling me up. And just to know that Bill, you know, Bill, when we got together Christmas Eve with the family, gosh, I had probably about like 25, 30 people in my home. Just loving on all of them, talking with, and you get to talk with them and love on them, seeing the nieces, the guide kids, and you're like, man, this is what it's all about. This is what it's all about, you know? So I just encourage you this year, as this, I, this, this is not meant to in any way come down on you and say, I'm condemning you for what you've been doing. I don't condemn you. I just speak out what God put in my heart and ask that you would just chew on it and say, can I do better? Can I, can I allow God in this area of my life and say, okay, you know, I had a spur of the moment. Hey, I'm going to go see my cousin, you know, because it is difficult. It is difficult. Sometimes I walked around with a white glove. I was a Levite, you know, I'm going to go to the cousin's house, go hang out. And what do cousins do? They smoke and they drink. And I was trying to get away from that. So I'm like, no, no, can't, I won't. I won't do that. Then I came out. God set me free. And when you get set free, when you're set free, you're able to talk about things and, and joke about things. You know, about the drinking or, or the drugs or whatever. And I, I realized God set me free from that. So when I go to the cousin, like, hey, you want to go to the garage? I'm like, no. I don't. Why are you going to give me water? What? What's going on? We're going to go work on the car? What? What's in the garage? What's in the garage? You start saying real loud. What's in the garage? Right? And you basically just like, no, I'm free, man. I can enjoy life and I love God and I can get high every day on God and walk around the mall and hold it with me and. I mean, come on. I mean, this is a great life. And I wish, I wish to God I would have I would have I would have understood him more when I was younger. But honestly, I think people were there telling me about God, but I, I rejected it. I rejected it. And I think through that I've seen I've been through some experiences where I'm just like, wow, God, wisdom. I made it through and I thank you for that. You know, I honestly thought I should have been dead at twenty-five in all really all reality what I was going through, what I was doing. And I'm almost 50. Isn't that crazy? That crazy? Almost 50 years old. Thanks, bro. I'll take it. I'll take. Come on, come on. I'll take it. Shoot. Skinny jeans, everything. Okay. And I'm gonna stand by the pulpit and look at my jeans. But it's good. So yeah, this year, you know, it's it's over. 2019's over. We made it. No matter what you went through financially spiritually physically God pulled you through and and there's just times you wake up in the morning and you just kind of feel teary-eyed and go God well thanks thanks for allowing me to marry such a beautiful woman to have such great people to hang out with Sunday morning to you know whatever it is God I walk outside my car start I got four tires that are all the same come on it goes I mean it goes I mean when you <laughs> When you were coming up, I mean, you were buying one tire at a time, right? Right? And they were all like, you got a Michelin, a Pirelli, you got this. That's what they had. Right? Right? Come on, y'all can feel me. And God says, son, you made it. You were busted and disgusted, couldn't be trusted. And you made it. And you made it. So, man, you just got to be, can I say, proud is this is a hard word to say but be proud of yourself because you didn't give up you didn't give up all right let's go ahead and stand this morning father i thank you god for this time of just encouraging father and just a time to evaluate our lives lord and to see you move father i just ask that this word 
Lord, let us chew on it. Let it not be just another message, God, but as we go into 2020, God, just help us to chew on it. Help us to live it. And help us most of all to reach those around us who are suffering or are hurting. And God, we just do everything for you, Lord. We just give you all glory and praise and just thank you, thank you, thank you that we made it. In Jesus' name, amen.